Kane is there, and so is Wanyama! A home debut goal. That's a good one. Okay. He's on the box. We have a Goal! Musa Bologna has made it 2-0 to the Scorpions. It's an empty stadium, but the roofs of the Independence Stadium are coming down. I can feel. I use ball again. It's really, really, it's absolutely brilliant. And Kunis takes advantage. St. George. Now Heidemann. Cuts it in. Adriana Leon. What a hit! What a great goal! Canada take the lead. And it's Adriana Leon with a rocket into the top corner. Larin gathering it in. Does Canada look to find some early momentum? Well, Davies arriving! So a Kenyan, a Gambian, and a Canadian Ghanaian walk into a... No, this isn't a joke, guys. This is literally the intro. Um, <laughs> yo, so back and joyous, man. We talk a lot of football. We got our takes. Uh, we support different clubs everywhere. And honestly, it's all about African and Canadian football overall. So enjoy the conversation. We'll bring on guests. We'll have different conversations. But it's really just about where the sport is and where it could go. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode. You know what? I don't understand why every time I think, you know what? Nothing's going to happen. Everything happens. <laughs> so it is Monday, February 27th. It's about 9.30 p.m. And shock of all shocks, earlier today, so much news dropped. I mean... First of all, today, stay after the CONCACAF U17s, have a video, short video on that, and working on a full pod recap with some people, so you guys keep a lookout for that. But that happened. Today was also the FIFA Awards. Congratulations to Leo Messi and Alexia Butez for the Men's and Women's FIFA Player of the Year, though I think it should have been Beth Mead. That happened. Congratulations on a great career, Jenna Hellstrom. She retired. And I was thinking, you know what? That's a video or a podcast. Um, are we seeing our players fast enough? You know, a little bit of a part two to the uh, Kelsey Arujo video that I did. And conversations I had with AC and other uh, woman fans and woman followers, uh, websites, etc. That's not even the story. The French national team women's coach stepped down after player three players over the weekend said they would step away from the team based off of what's been happening with it. That is still not the story of the day. Also, you know, MLS started and, you know, there's evaluating how the broadcast, which according to a lot of people is looking good. Not the story of the day. Argentina is playing Panama and Curaçao in the March window. 
Somehow this is not the story of the day. Because <sighs> the story of the day is that approximately five and a half hours ago, on the 27th of February, Nick Bontis, the, the first, let's, let's start with the first thing. Uh, first, Rick Westhead basically put out a tweet saying the 13 the the 13 provincial and territorial members of Canada soccer sent Canada soccer president Nick Bontis a letter demanding his resignation TSN has learned today's letter says the province's members have no confidence in Bontis leadership story up soon at TSN.ca now before that friend of the show crates of freights put out a tweet which we've all been thinking which is it's amazing how Canada Soccer has lost all the goodwill in the last two years. Where in those two years, the men made their first World Cup in 36 years. And the women won a gold medal to add to their coffers. I'm sure someone's going to say more of that later. So that came out. Now this started actually a couple days before when there were Westhead also announced, well tweeted... The idea that Canada Soccer was thinking of creating more funds, additional $5 million, by increasing fee member fees. And, I mean, that followed one of the best responses, have they thought of having a bake sale? Uh, I don't have that tweet in front of me, but that was a beautiful response, in my opinion. But, so that happened... And then it just turned into just, wait, is this real? This is happening? And then it became official where Nick Bontis stepped down as the president of Canada Soccer. Now, it is important to note that he is taking on a role at, as the VP of CONCACAF, you know, the CONCACAF Council. Now, if you ask me, I thought the CONCACAF Council was a YouTube uh, group who make videos on Pete's Love and Yanks channel with the likes of Josh from JJDTV, JD from IMAX at Football, um, <laughs> my boy, the guys from Panama, uh, Costa Rica football, everybody, you know, whoever's coming in from Mexico, different people from the region. That's what I thought the Confcat Council was, but apparently there's a there's a thing. Now I have thoughts. There's no doubt that I have thoughts, but let's let's get down to some of the important things. And sorry I've been talking loudly here. Wasn't the intention, but at this hour of the evening the allergies are kicking in, so I do apologize if I am yelling a little bit too much. I'm gonna to try to tone it down here. Now this is one move. I'm ex I'm intrigued. I'm not gonna say excited, I'm intrigued. The, the one thing with any organization or any change, and people say this, a revolution is easy, or burning a house down is easy. Building the house you want, that's where the challenge comes. And while this one move, A, for once, shows a little bit of unity with uh, the provincial and territorial representatives of Canada Soccer, well, they all don't have uh, a simple sledding. Earlier last year, BC had its issues with its members, and they were trying to uh, find solutions for that. 
But the fact that there's some semblance of unity and a unified voice here is encouraging. It really is encouraging. Now, just because the president has stepped down doesn't mean that we're in the clear. It's the first step, I think. I think there's a lot of other factors I have to take into consideration. For instance, who, you, the easy question is who now takes over as the president? What persons do they find? Do we trust their ability to find that? I mean, the last time they had a search, they had an extensive international search where then they went down the hall and went to the next door to the right. I don't know the actual dimensions of the offices, so if it's on the left-hand side, I do apologize. But removing one person is one thing, but we also have to take a look at the system and how we got here. We've had two work stoppages from our national teams. Now, whether you think they are valid or not, two of them have happened, right? Two of them have happened. And for some of the population, they didn't know about these issues until the men protested in their June window. And then we were brought to the attention that, oh yeah, by the way, the women are also here too. Because that's the famous, oh, yeah, guys, we, yeah, thanks for including us. Just, just want to um, remind everyone that pay equity and equal pay aren't the same thing. But yeah, we're, we're with you guys and we're going to keep running that. So that happened. So... It's it's one move. The question now is, will a domino start to move afterwards? Or is this the first domino to fall? Or is this the only casualty here? And casualty is not the best word to use, but that's the question we have to ask ourselves. Because if this is the first domino to fall, then we have to look at the entire apparatus. And I think the board is something that can be looked at. Um, um, different members of leadership not to mention there's also the Heritage Committee uh, calling on Canada soccer at some point I do expect to see those leaders to be brought in maybe even some of the people from the CSB the CSB comes into a lot of question here and I think the best case scenario in my opinion is we get some transparency on what takes place there and a renegotiation. Abolishing it, in, in a perfect world, you abolish it and then you allow other people to work with it well. And by, by all those random words I just said, the ideal situation is, for some people is, you tear up the contract due to some reason, it's legalese, and then you rewrite it. We do know that the CPL is very much heavily dependent on funding from the CSB, which essentially is funding from the national teams. So then what's the solution? I think ideally we get, and I say we, Canada Soccer, and the fans, everyone has a better idea of what the breakdowns are. And then from there, you renegotiate that. Is that likely to happen? I don't know. I really don't know. You have to answer the first question, which is who ultimately takes over into that president's role? Now, in my mind, I'm thinking of
in my mind, I'm thinking of players like <laughs> I'm laughing also uh, because apparently Julia Grosso's dad is the VP of BC of soccer, so it's a bit personal out there. But it's what's the next moves? Is it possible? I mean, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of fallout from this. I think. I don't see this as a simple thing just because now you're dealing with labor laws and strikes and not strikes. All the while, all this other stuff. We mentioned everything else that happened already. In my opinion, I think we have to look at the entire apparatus here because I don't think it's as simple as just one person. Now, I think based off some of the people that I interact with, and I say some most of the interactions that I've seen, I don't think anyone's going to come out and say, yeah, the CPL deal is perfect and it can't be touched. I think everyone has questions with it. I mean, I have questions. I have questions with it just even from the standpoint of sponsorships, right? Because there are rules with sponsors, right? Players can only wear, yeah, that makes sense. But by only having sponsors go through that channel, you do limit, which is why I think when it comes to women's league, I didn't want them to follow the CPL model because I felt that maybe, no, we'll find out in like a few months, maybe that if you let teams, you let leagues find sponsors, but also let league teams create those partnerships as well. Because maybe there's more untapped uh, potential in those types of partnerships versus a league saying, here are your sponsors, uh, BMW, you guys get Pacific. Um, team on the east coast you guys get this and so in that sense i felt maybe it works a little bit better if you don't have those teams those aspects there but there's a lot that's going to come from this and i'm just rambling here because i'm just actually surprised that this happened who would i pick to uh replace bondes um <laughs> I mean, up until Project 8, I was a very much a... I feel like Diane Matheson would be a perfect face for this, right? Former player, has success. She's got the street cred with the goal that won the first bronze. And plus, I mean, she put in the work. Got her master's, now starting to develop a league. Now, she's put in her academic work. Does she have the experience off the pitch? No. She doesn't have all the boardroom experience, but I felt I feel like she would be the perfect type of candidate because, especially with some of the uh, relationships she's building, I felt that would be a very intriguing matchup, a very intriguing setup there. So Diana Matt Diana Matheson was always my first thought. Now low key, someone brought this name up to me, and I'm thinking, you know, that's not a terrible idea. But I like where they are. And I think that's the problem, trying to find someone to run the present. Now, you need to have someone that all the territories can get behind, but also the board can. Yeah, does this mean you have to clear the board? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but... Dino Rossi is a name that wouldn't be mad. We can have, like, a little D&D &D action, you know? Diana and Dino. Dino and Diana running can of soccer that wouldn't be a terrible idea but then the issue becomes Ontario bias all the fun stuff I think there's enough talent from a leadership standpoint where they can find players 
who can maybe transition. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that we saw from Herman taking over the women's. You've seen the development in terms of coaching. But now we need the admin, right? We need the, the people who can actually step in. And I think Dino Rossi and Diana Matheson, those are my two names, I'd say. Yeah, I think I'd be comfortable with them running. But the problem is we don't have much of a sample size in terms of what they've been able to accomplish. The other question you have to ask yourself is now, what happens with the negotiations with the national teams? How do those get resolved? Is it as simple as just crocheting taking over and that's as simple as that? Or do they only resume when there is a president? How does that affect the women's timeline? They're set to take on France in the April window. You can't negotiate if there's no one to negotiate with unless, you know, again, as well he takes over. If he's still there. What happens with... One would assume that there's enough autonomy within the program. Again, this is my assumption that things like the upcoming Women's U20 coming up in April, they'll be able to set up a couple friendlies for that and get a camp in for. Uh, with the, how does this affect even something as simple as the Nations League game in Toronto? Pricing certainly isn't encouraging, um, but that's what it is. There are so many questions that's for, but I think for me right now the important thing is, if this is what's happening, I think for me the next step is transparency on what the CSB deal is and then you have to renegotiate that to me I think that's the best option where everyone is able to still leave with something the CPL can still operate in, in a manner and the national teams you know, are able to divert a few more funds towards their programs you can't ignore grassroots here because grassroots is the literally the foundation of everything Now, apparently, I remember Bonta said on, I think, Footy Prime, that they were hiring a, uh, a commerce vice president or someone to deal with finding uh, different streams of revenue for Canada soccer. And I would definitely highly encourage that because if everything we're relying on is just based off of the national teams, that's dipping into the same pot multiple times to fund everything. And that's not helpful. It's the same way that, you know, if fees and registrations and all those are what's funding Canada soccer, you can't keep on going back to that well. Eventually the well will run dry. So, yeah, it's... I'm I'm intrigued. While I do feel that it was time for Bontis to leave, I'm intrigued to see what happens next. Because I think, like I said earlier... Burning out a building is easy. Rebuilding it, that's where the care, that's where it becomes a little bit more difficult. And that's when you your metal gets tested. But we'll see what happens. But for now, Canada is president-less. And a new page is about to be turned. And we'll see what happens. But yeah, quick check-in for everyone. Hope you all are doing well. I'm going to stop rambling now. Until next time. Bye-bye for now.
Peter. 